Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you take a dive down the rabbit hole that is the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, one of the first things you'll notice is just how much information there is to digest. There are over 100 disputed issues in the case, and each one of those topics has its own cast of characters. Some of those witnesses present important testimony that paints the accused assassin Lee Harvey Oswald as the lone gunman, while others provide arguments that are either in defense of Oswald or they are in support of there being additional people involved or a conspiracy. Out of all of these witness stories, the one that's always the most surprising and disturbing to me is the story of Ralph Leon Yates. This is not a famous story. It's not one that people bring up a lot, but it was just so shocking to me when I read it that it affected me. And it's part of the reason that I went down this rabbit hole of the JFK assassination. Yates picked up a hitchhiker on the Wednesday before the assassination on the highway near Oswald's rooming house. Now, this hitchhiker that Yates picked up asked him for a ride to work. And on the drive there, the hitchhiker started talking about President Kennedy coming into town soon and asking if Yates thought it was possible that someone could kill Kennedy up from a a tall building. Pretty weird question to ask just a few days before the assassination. On top of that, this hitchhiker has a brown paper sack with him, and he tells Yates that he has curtain rods in the sack. So Yates then drops this hitchhiker off at the place where he works. And get this, it's the Texas School Book Depository Building. Later that day, Yates told a co-worker about the interaction that he had with this hitchhiker. And a few days later, after the president had been killed, Yates saw Oswald on TV and believed that Oswald was a dead ringer for the hitchhiker that he had picked up on Wednesday. Yates then came forward to the authorities about what he had seen, thinking that he gave Oswald a ride two days earlier. But it turns out that Oswald was already working in the school book depository on that Wednesday, and he had been there all morning. We know this from the time cards when he punched in and out. So it wasn't possible that Yates could have picked up the real Lee Harvey Oswald. But still, after being given multiple lie detector tests by the FBI, Yates passed each one. And after three interviews, the director of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover himself, personally ordered Yates to be retested on the polygraph machine again. When Yates again passed the lie detector test, 
The FBI agents told him that they didn't think he was lying, but because Yates believed something that could not be true, that he had picked up the real Oswald, he would need to be involuntarily committed to an insane asylum. So the FBI sends this father of five to Woodlawn Hospital for the Mentally Ill, permanently ruining his life. The story of Ralph Yates has a lot of common elements with other points of the assassination. First, there's the argument defending the Warren report. Since it's proven by his time card that Oswald was in the building, we know for sure that Yates did not pick up Oswald. Second, you've got the conspiracy intrigue. It obviously seems like this hitchhiker, who Yates says looked just like Oswald, is trying to impersonate Oswald. He mentions all these things that Oswald would have said in theory, right? He talks about, could you kill the president from high up? Yates picks him up uh, near Oswald's rooming house on the highway. He's got a paper bag that he says has curtain rods in it. He then gets dropped off literally at the Texas School Book Depository. It's crazy. If Yates just saw some random guy, why on earth would J. Edgar Hoover personally care about it that much? In the end, you either have to be okay with the cognitive dissonance of what happened since there is a lot of evidence that points to Oswald, and maybe this is just a weird anomaly, or the other path is to wonder why there was an Oswald lookalike in the first place and what that could mean for the overall case if what Yates is saying is true. Ralph Yates, like so many other disputed areas of the JFK assassination, is an opportunity for different people to make different inferences. Now, whether you shrug this story off or you point to it as evidence of a conspiracy is really based on your own life experience and your own worldview. And in large part, the inferences that you're able to draw are based on your answer to a very uncomfortable question. Is it even possible that a motivated group of people could have perpetrated the crime of the century to kill the President of the United States of America and get away with it. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. The flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is Solving JFK, a podcast about the JFK assassination. I'm your host, Matt Crumpton, and over the next few months, I'll be your guide to analyzing the many pieces of conflicting evidence in the JFK assassination. What really happened? Was JFK killed by Oswald alone, as the Warren Report says, or does the evidence point somewhere else? Perhaps no other case in American history has been studied and argued about more than the assassination of John F. Kennedy. 
Today, people think about JFK assassination research in terms of conspiracy theorists versus Oswald did it alone Warren Report defenders. But if the Warren Commission was wrong, and there was some other scenario than Lee Harvey Oswald killing the president and Officer Tippett alone, then that means that the crime of the century is currently an unsolved homicide. While the Warren Commission concluded in 1964 that Lee Harvey Oswald did act alone, most people are not aware that the United States Congress, through the House Select Committee on Assassinations, reopened the JFK case and concluded in 1978 that Lee Harvey Oswald was the shooter, just as the Warren Report had said, but that there was also likely another shot fired from the front by an unknown person. This means that the most current official government story is that it is an unsolved conspiracy. And that rings true with the view of the American public as well. In a weird way, the JFK assassination is one of the few topics that still brings people together across ideological lines. According to a 538 survey, the existence of multiple shooters in the JFK assassination is a belief held by 59% of Democrats, 61% of Republicans, and 70% of Independents. Of course, public opinion is not the same thing as conclusive evidence. And there are legions of Warren Report defenders out there to provide counter-evidence to each claim by Warren Report critics. People like Gerald Posner, Vincent Bugliosi, Bill O'Reilly, and a lot of people who go hard on comment sections in John F. Kennedy assassination Facebook groups believe that Oswald acted alone and it's not even a close call. The news media also continues to reinforce the notion that the Warren Report has proven to be correct. My audacious goal is to uncover the objective truth about the assassination of John F. Kennedy to the maximum extent possible. And the first big question we must answer is, was the Warren report right that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone? All right, so let's talk about the name of this podcast, Solving JFK. I received a well-deserved many backlash on JFK assassination Twitter when I dropped the name of this podcast. I get it. It sounds like I'm saying, hey, everybody, I've solved the JFK assassination, finally, and now we have the definitive truth. But that's not what I mean at all. I chose Solving JFK for a title because I view the case as a puzzle to be solved by anyone who's interested, not just me. And if you're listening to this podcast, we are all actively looking for the corner pieces at this point. My objective, like many before me, is to find the truth. Now, almost every book that I've come across in the JFK assassination literature is either a conspiracy book or a lone gunman Warren Report defender book. These authors have a position on all the disputed issues, and they want to sell their position to you. Now, of course, this makes a lot of sense. Many of these authors have spent their whole lives reviewing the evidence, and they believe that they have the case solved for sure. So why should they waste their time establishing facts that don't support their theory of the case? My lack of knowledge about the JFK case is actually an asset in a way because I'm willing to start from square one. Without a doubt, there are generations of JFK researchers who came before me And thousands of people alive today who know way more about the JFK assassination than I will ever know. Now, where my approach is different from all these experts 
is that I'm not deciding to make a case for or against conspiracy from the outset. I'm merely analyzing and comparing the arguments of each side to see who's most plausible on each little disputed issue, in my opinion. I don't know all the answers in advance. This is a journey where I'm going to follow the evidence wherever it leads. The other unique thing I'm trying out is the idea of crowdsourcing information for the podcast. This case has so many tangents to travel down and so many different paths that we can explore that there's really no way to get it right by myself. That's why I'm going to be asking what I got wrong and what information I left out that's relevant each week. You can email solvingjfkpodcast at gmail.com at the end of each episode. And before we make our ultimate conclusions at the end of the season, we'll do a rebuttal episode or two to correct anything that I got wrong or address anything that needs to be addressed. Now, having said all of that, in the interest of total transparency, my interest in this case was stoked by thinking that there was a conspiracy but not being able to figure it out. I can't just turn off the doubts that I have about the Warren report, but I can objectively review the record and consider all of the arguments about every issue with an open mind. So while I haven't solved the JFK assassination, I really would like to, and I'm going to try with this podcast, and I hope you'll help me. I've been interested in the JFK assassination since the first time I heard about it. What drew me in was the vivid and terrifying Zapruder film showing Kennedy's head explode, combined with Oswald being shot two days later by Jack Ruby. It just didn't add up. So it was no surprise that, as a student teacher, when given the opportunity to dive into an American history subject, I chose the JFK assassination. At that time, I concluded that the Warren Report, at a minimum, had serious problems. But there were just too many competing theories for who did it if not Oswald as the lone nut. It was overwhelming. Cuba, Russia, anti-Castro Cubans, the mafia, the military, Lyndon Johnson, Texas oil, the FBI, Secret Service, the CIA. That's 10 theories right there. I walked away from the several books I had read at the time, thinking that the assassination would never be solved. It was just too complicated. Too many witnesses, too many experts, too many Secret Service agents and Dallas police officers to keep up with, and most of all, too many potential bad guy conspirators. I gave up my shallow inquiry into the JFK assassination after that week of student teaching in the spring of 2004. I was going to law school and trying to start a life, and I didn't have time to read thousands of pages about a true crime that may or may not have been solved. Besides, There were professional journalists whose job it was to find out what really happened. I was sure that eventually some intrepid reporter would break the real story. Then, three years later, when I was finishing law school, I read a Rolling Stone story about a deathbed confession by a former CIA agent who was infamous for being one of the Watergate burglars, E. Howard Hunt. According to Hunt, the chief conspirators of the assassination were Lyndon Johnson, at least four specific CIA officials, and the leader of a group of Cuban exiles. Now, there are many people who believe that Hunt's confession is self-serving and unreliable, and we'll dive deeper into examining what he said if our examination of the Dallas evidence does not point to Oswald alone. 
But I was struck by the fact that this man, Hunt, who was indisputably a CIA agent for his entire career, was saying the assassination of JFK was a conspiracy at the highest levels of government. Now, deathbed confession or not, I wondered what would motivate Hunt to say such a thing if it was not true in the final days of his life. What kind of person decides to leave this world with a momentous lie? The Hunt story was very intriguing, and my interest in the case was once again stoked, but I didn't get around to following up at the time because I was lost in the exhaustion of studying for the bar exam. Solving JFK would have to wait. In 2017, when President Trump gave the green light to release most, but not all, of the JFK records, I was back in the game. As the new records came out, I dove in and tried to see what I could learn, which led me down a path of reading every credible JFK assassination book I could find, both conspiracy and lone gunman theories. Then, during the pandemic, I had more time to organize my research and go even deeper. Surely there must be a discoverable, objective truth I could find by immersing myself in the facts of the case and using the skills I learned as an attorney to help assess whether Oswald acted alone, as the Warren Commission claimed. Next time on Solving JFK, we're going to take a look at all the government investigations into the assassination of President Kennedy. Did the Warren Report get it right? Was Lee Harvey Oswald the lone gunman? The flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Thanks for listening. For more information about the show, visit SolvingJFKPodcast.com. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just.